Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to be with us. We really appreciate it as we talk about the Sporty Kings. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, each and every Thursday. Check us out. Tune us in. You're already here, and we're glad you are. Glad to have you on board. Before I get kicking, I'd like to make an announcement to whomever is out there listening. We have a birth. Now, the reason I'm mentioning this, this is a fellow by the name of Dangerous Dan who calls in and, and reacts to our blogs and such. Good handicapper, good friend. He's on Facebook trying to get him on Twitter, but I think his boss has just about had enough of him just dilly-dallying away from the plate. But we have some great news. Dan, Dangerous Dan, has a son that was born, he and his beautiful wife Amy, Alexander Daniel Moore, 7 pounds, 12 ounces, and he even told me how long, 19 and 3 quarter inches long. Asked him how long his hair was, but he wouldn't tell me. But he's got a beautiful baby boy. I saw his picture on Facebook. Congratulations, Amy and Dan, the sire lines would read, or the bloodlines would read, by Dan Moore out of Amy Moore. So, Alexander Daniel Moore, you got your first prep up, and we are glad you're with us here on Winning Ponies, and I'm sure you're a much better handicapper than Dad. Congratulations once again, Dangerous Dan. Well, Winning Ponies is doing very well in 2011. Yep, and we hope you're on board. That's the best part about it. It's not about what we're doing. It's about what we can do for you. And it's never too late to be a part of the action. We're 1.6 million in exotic predictions and growing. We're on Twitter, Facebook, great testimonials. And a little tidbit about, I, I've got to brag on this, is Winning Ponies is extremely proud. And you're going to hear it on Biggins, but I've got to say it at least more than once. How about the pick six for $100,000? How about $100,065 to be exact? A pick six at Santa Anita on 311. No bragging, just very proud, and man, we hope you guys had a piece of it, a part of it, or maybe the entire thing. Take a look for yourself. Winning Ponies more than just a radio show, full-service data provider. I have to say, it's been 2008 and growing, and I've really enjoyed working with these guys. They've got some innovative material out there, and it's up to the minute. It's easy to use. It's color-coded, tiered. It's getting easier and easier to use from the novice to the hardcore handicapper, and I found it to be a, a, a must-have, a must-have as far as a handicapper. There's some in-depth uh, 
numbers and percentages. I love the numbers. They say they don't lie, and they don't, about trainers and riders and how they how they team up together. Winning Ponies doing very well. Take a look for yourself, www.winningponies.com. What's on the docket for tonight? We're going to do a little recap of the races from last week. Biggins, talking about the Biggins, already started that note right up right there. We're going to do a little story of the week. Checking with my man, Collins Ghost. I always like to do the historical perspective there. Got some dueling Kentucky riders. Great people. As our guest tonight, Mr. John McKee, a rider who once compared to Steve Cawthon, Pat Day in his career, gentleman rider, very nice fellow, immediately in section segment number two, not section, segment number two, immediately following him is going to be Ms. Greta Kunzweiler. Reinstate a rider, a jewel of the racetrack, and what a story to tell. I'm telling you, we're so proud of her, and you're going to find out why. But Johnny McKee and Greta Kunzweiler are playing their trade at Turfway Park right now. Probably Keeneland thereafter and Churchill Downs and beyond. We're going to check it in the second and third segment. We're going to get a little news in, some final furlong winners for you for the weekend, and my one hammer play that it's going to take. I'm going to call it my 10 bag of hammers play because I like this runner. So big night, so don't go anywhere. I think that you're going to like what you're hearing. But before we actually kick it up and kick it out there, wrote a blog this week, actually yesterday, about uh, Value Player's Dream. And here's a little more about a track that, you know, the player is king. It's Hastings Park. Now this is from Bill Finley from ESPN.com. If you haven't discovered Hastings Racecourse, and chances are you haven't, this is the year that needs to change. When the track is located in Vancouver, opens April 16th, it will offer some of the very best betting values found anywhere in North America. The takeout for win place and show, the pick four and pick five, will be just 15%. That's incredible. That is incredible. That's ESPN.com. Check it out for yourself. Bill Finley, he writes some great stuff. You're gonna, always going to want to check it with Finley. I, I, I have to say that I'm... I'm addicted to his columns. I love them, and I also like the value. And there's Portland Meadows, there's Hastings, Ellis Park. They, they, they went to the wall. Check it out on the blog. It'll get you thinking. Remember, it's your dollars, it's your game. Play where you get the best value. Speaking of the value, we got some action this weekend here. Running down the card real quick for stakes action on March 19th on Saturday. Oakland, the Rebel Stakes, a grade two event, is going to take place. Santa Anita, the Santa Ana Stakes. Gulfstream Park has the inside information, a grade two event. Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Stakes, only for 125000 a mile and 16th on the turf. Aqueduct has the Cicada, a grade three event, very nice. Oakland, the Azari Stakes, grade three. We have Santa Anita, the Irish O'Brien Stakes, $100,000 on St. Patty's Day here. Laurel has the private terms. Fairgrounds has the Bienville Stakes. Turfway Park, the Tejano Run Stakes. Just seems like yesterday I remember Tejano Run just tearing them apart at Turfway Park. Turf Paradise has the Temple Handicap, the Scottsdale Handicap, and Fawner. They got the Bachman for 10000 bucks. So we got a whole lot of action this Saturday and next Saturday. We've even got some bigger and better. As I've said before, it just gets better by the weekend, and you need to strap it up and be ready for everything coming your way. A little recap of last week's action, get you caught up 
up to speed. The Santa Margarita Invitational, it was a grade one Santa Anita event. Winner was mismatched Garrett Gomez for Neil Drysdale, winning by a dirty head. Then we go to Tampa Bay for the grade two Tampa Bay Downs. And, I mean, the Tampa Bay Derby was a beautiful race. Watch me go wins by a neck. Luis Garcia for Catherine O'Connell wins by another dirty neck. Gulfstream Park, handicap, grade two, $300,000 up for grabs. Tackleberry was the winner, a neck again. Joe, <laughs> I mean, how many neck victories can you have for Trader Luis Salivaris? I mean, this was really nice. It was 180000 for the victory. The San Felipe at Santa Anita, grade two event, $250,000 up for grabs. Premier Pegasus, who we said last week, Alonzo Quinones was in the Irons wins by seven and three parts. The Palm Beach, grade three at Gulfstream, a mile and an eighth on the weeds. And we have a winner by a length and three parts with Joe's Blazing Aaron. Really nice runner there. Nice gilded son of Graham Hall. The Hillsboro Stakes, grade three at Tampa Bay. Winner denomination, Frederick Lenclue for Christophe Clement. Wins by a neck. The dirty neck again. A mile and an eighth on the turf. Freddie Lynn Clue was actually supposed to be the next Julian Le Peru. Nothing against you, Mr. Lynn Clue, but that's good company to keep. The Honeybee Stakes, grade three at Oakland Park, $125,000 up for grabs. Mike Smith, yep, he goes out to Oakland Park to ride Joyful Victory in the Honeybee. Now, I saw this once by eight and three parts. Very nice race indeed. The Razorback at Oakland was a grade three event. It happened again, ridden by Michael Bays for Steve Asmussen. Maggie Moss wins by a half. Good races from last weekend. Speaking about some good races here, we have we have some really good biggins. Friday, March 11th. This is when they turn the lights out. Santa Anita races 3-3 to pick six. $100,000, and I had it wrong, $100,085. Incredible. I think I said 65 earlier. Don't want to cheat anybody out of 20 bucks there. That is just incredible. Winning ponies lighting them up. Hopefully you were aboard. Santa Anita races 6 through 8. I pick 3, $7,780 on Saturday, March 12th, where 164 total biggins marked the the occasion, Sunday, March 13th, 80 total biggins. Tampa Bay Downs race for Superfecta, tight on tight, 11,692.80. Monday, March 14th, 40 total biggins. Penn National races 6 through 9, a pick 4, $4,941.40. Tuesday, March 15th, and that's 43 total biggins. Sunland Park race 12, a super high five, 11,912.80. Wednesday the 16th, 27 total biggins. Louisiana Downs, old LAD in race number two. A superfecta, 1,179.40. Thursday, March 17th, there's only 12 total biggins because they're still racing happening. Aqueduct leads the pack in race five for $347.40. There are biggins up to date. Also speaking about up to date, here are 2011 Kentucky Derby future wager. This is pool number two. Pool number two, how about Anthony's Cross, 45 to 1. Arch, 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 50 to 1. Astrology, 53 to 1. Brethren is 30 to 1. Comet to the top, 85 to 1. Dialed in is 11 to 1. Elite Alex, 
31 to 1. Gourmet Dinner, 42 to 1. JP Gusto, 61 to 1. J. Cito, 16 to 1. Machin, 68 to 1. Mucho Macho Man, 29 to 1. Rogue Romance, 36 to 1. Run Flat Out, 31 to 1. Santiva, 31 to 1. Silver Medallion, 31 to 1. Sold At, 13 to 1. Stay Thirsty, 25 to 1. Sway Away, 18 to 1. Sweet Ducky at 75 to 1. The Factor, 32 to 1. To Honor and Serve, 14 to 1. Uncle Mo is 3 to 1 in all other three year olds. 7 for your two. There are your pool two favorites. That is what is happening there. Kind of touching real quickly here on Collins Ghost. And, and I'd love to read this because. It, it talks about the historical perspective, and, and as I look up here on screen, we've got Mr. John McKeon Hull. We're going to be jumping out to him real shortly here. Just hang in there, Johnny, and thanks for your time. As he's riding tonight at Turfway Park, and he's got time to be with us, and we're really proud of that and pleased. Good guy. And they're talking about what we see another Triple Crown winner. And, and ultimately where they're going with this racing has changed a great deal since 78 when a firm became the last to complete the triple but horses haven't changed that much and the thing that really kind of caught my eye here was there are two triple crown winners that might support the idea that less starts wouldn't hinder the possibility of another triple crown however seattle slew won the triple crown after only six career starts but had three races as a three-year-old and went a mile and an eighth twice during his sophomore season in the Flamingo and Wood and had published works at four furlongs, six, and one mile within two weeks of Derby Day. Sir Barton, now grab this one here. Sir Barton won the Triple Crown with no wins and six career starts. A maiden, and yep, it was a different era indeed. But he was, now get this, beaten a combined 60 links in his first six starts. That was their first uh, Derby winner, Sir Barton. Actually, they're saying Uncle Mo has a, has a really, really nice chance and, and a wonderful uh, part here by amateur handicapper, uh, champion of two, Uncle Mo, check. Debut no later than September 20th, check. Debut at New York, Saratoga, check. Now, this is all in comparison to Seattle Slough. At least one grade one win at two, Check. Three-year-old debut in March? Check. Three-year-old debut around one turn? Check. What's remaining? The Wood Memorial, where he's likely to win in a minimum of 24 furlongs on the Derby Trail. He's got 17 thus far. You can add in eight more for the Timely Rider, and nine furlongs would be the Wood. So I kind of found Collins Ghost to be kind of interesting there. Take a look at it. I think you're going to really enjoy it. I always enjoy the historical perspective. Well, time to head into a break. When we return, we're going to have on a gentleman rider, Mr. Johnny McKee, here on Winning Ponies. So stay tuned. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Welcome to Inside the Trenches, everyone, an interactive show that is sweeping across the nation here on Voice America Sports, simply with your host, 12-year pro football veteran, yes, of course, the voice of America, R. Cal Trula. We're bringing it to you. The day starts at noon, and so does Inside the Trenches, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, bringing you the ins and outs, letting you know what's going on in and around sports and also in and around your neck of the woods. So if you want to be on the show and you want to be a part of the show, simply go to InsideTheTrenches.com and let's make this thing happen for you the interactive show that is sweeping across the nation inside the trenches your show your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thanks for taking your time to be with us, because without you, there'd be no us. This is a first. We're actually going to be speaking with riders who are actually plying their trade as we speak. Not right now, but they're taking a little break in between races. Joining us now as our special guest is one Mr. John McKee from Turfway Park. John, are you there? I am here. Thanks, Ed, for having me. Yeah, thank you for taking your time in between races to, uh, to chat with us. John, I'm going to move along kind of quickly because I know time is of the essence here for you. And we were ch- kind of chatting offline uh, this week, the Tejano run, $50,000 race at Turfway Park. Max Silverhammer, uh, can, we, uh, can we look for a big run for Bill Densick and yourself? i tell you the truth, Ed. I really liked how this horse uh, ran last time. He, this horse ran a really big race last time. and I mean, I think it's on the improve, and I think it's, uh, it's going to rattle off uh, another few uh, nice runs. Uh, I think this horse will be competitive at the races uh, it's, you know, Keelan and Churchill. Um, but uh, our first step is getting by this race next week, this week. Well, it's a nice pool and nice pot, and I hope you take uh, take a big piece of it down. It's always good for the camp there. And I was just taking a look at Max and Silverham. It looked really, really nice. Best of luck this weekend, John. Just jumping right into the action, I, I hate to be hasty, but I, I know that uh, you're a man that's on the move. And as I said, time is of the essence. Your father, David, was a rider. I can remember. I can remember seeing him at the races and actually playing him when uh, I first started uh, getting involved in the sport. Was this where your desire to ride came from, your father? Yeah, um, when I was a young child, I remember just seeing his winning pictures on the table, and uh, that's what inspired me. It's uh, it's something that I've stuck with, and I've told myself this is what I want to do when I get older, and um, I I never let it stop me. you know, like I said, if it didn't pan out for me, I, I knew I was a smart enough kid where I could just go back to college and pursue something else. But uh, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't going to hold back, and I was going to follow my dreams. And, uh, and, and, you know, good Lord willing, I got lucky. Well, the, the harder you are, the luckier you get, John. And early in your career, you were compared to Steve Cawthon and, and the great Pat Day. 
Well, I mean, um, at that time, uh, we were doing really good, and uh, it's definitely uh, definitely the company that you want to be in. <laughs> Agree completely. Early in your career, Eddie Campbell, the great Eddie Campbell, helped you begin a solid foundation as your agent. Uh, can you tell our listeners about your relationship with Mr. Eddie Campbell? Eddie was, he was, uh, he, he, he was, uh, he was, I tell you, he was a unique man. He was, um, he was a kind of a father figure to me. Uh, he was my agent. He was kind of, uh, a grandfather to me. Uh, you know, we lived together. We went everywhere together. Um, there was, uh, we had a real open relationship. Uh, everything was honest. And, um, like I said, it's a, a shame he passed away, uh, in September. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, he was, uh, he was definitely an instrument in my career, and uh, we have a lot of, lot of memories. Oh, and, and I'll tell you what, he, he made such a mark on racing, and, and what a true gentleman. And, and, John, in your career as a rider, would you say that you, you've had some great influence, besides your father who actually kind of wet your whistle for it, that have really kind of led you along? Oh, what's that? I didn't, I didn't hear you. You know, some great influences in your career that have kind of led you along. Your father, David, uh, kind of wet your whistle to get into racing. But who have been your greatest influences to kind of lead your career? I tell you, when I was first starting out, um, you know, Eddie Campbell, he always told me to pattern myself after Pat Day. And um, just not really on the racetrack, but off the racetrack, you know, he said, just watch this man. You can learn a lot. And, um you know, if, you, if you're ever around Pat, uh, he's definitely uh, he, he's uh, you can learn a lot by by him just by how he handles himself, how he conducts himself. Uh, he's always a professional, on and off. And um, you know, you got to have the ability to ride, but you got to have the ability to talk to trainers as well, too. So, yeah, that was a big help. You you couldn't have spoke that uh, more eloquently. Uh, last week we had on Pat Day, and he was our special guest. He's uh, he's very influential in in the sport of racing on and off the track, and he's just one of the greatest uh, great greatest people for the game and for for many that uh, for whose lives he's influenced. Uh, couldn't have uh, picked a a better a better influence and someone to pattern your your riding career after uh, injuries. I come right down to it. They've been a part of the job as a, as a jockey. Can you name some significant injuries that have kept you out? Um, I remember when I was first starting out, when I had the bug, um, I rode a horse, and the horse, unfortunately, uh, took a turn to the worst, and he fell down and broke his leg, and I went with him, and uh, I ended up breaking my collarbone, so it kind of set me back before I could make my debut, but I see that as a blessing in disguise because, Maybe I wasn't ready, or maybe it was the good Lord telling me something, but uh, and that kept me out. And then um, I remember last year we rode a horse in Indiana, and uh, we was going to win the race, and, uh, again, the horse uh, took a turn for the worse and fell down, and um, I went with him, and I ended up breaking my leg. So that set me out about four months. Ooh. I don't know how you do it. I mean, you guys have nerves of steel. Who's the best horse you've actually ever ridden, if I may ask that bold question? Um, I, I, I really think it's pretty simple. I think Lawyer Ron kind of, he uh, had a lot of lot of highs with him, and um, I think he's probably definitely the best horse I've ridden. Lawyer Ron was really exciting to watch. And I remember when you won the one and only in the inaugural St. Louis Derby, correct? Yep, that is correct. 
<laughs> it seems like yesterday, one and out for the St. Louis Derby, and uh, I remember lawyer Ron just uh, making it look uh, look like uh, an easy piece of work. John, uh, Turfway Park's Polytrack, uh, do you have to ride it any different uh, than you would a, a conventional dirt surface? I, I think so. Um, I mean, it, it's uh, Polytrack's different everywhere you go. Uh, I think Turfway's Polytrack is different than Keeneland. Um, I, I think Turfway is uh, you have to uh, really uh, kind of labor your horse because I think horses tend to run toward the end. And I think compared to Keeneland, I think, uh, it's got a lot of skip to it. Um, horses seem to, to bounce over that track a little faster than they do at Turfway. So, yeah, I think you do have to ride it different. Um, you just got to ride your horse according to what the racetrack's playing or the poly track's playing. As a, as a rider, are you more comfortable on speed stalkers or closers? You know, I'm 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 comfortable with just laying right off the pace. Um, where my you know my horse is not grabbing me, my horse is off the bit and. You know, if I'm in contention, that's great. I think that's probably my best style of riding. And I'll tell you what, I love to watch you. I, I can pick you up uh, without even knowing uh, no, knowing you're aboard. I can watch, especially when you're coming down the lane. You go to the left-handed stick. It, it's kind of a little sidearm move, kind of like Pat Day. Have you ever heard that before? I've never heard that before. Um, <laughs> I just try to stay in. I just try to stay in sync with the horse and try not to offset his offset his rhythm. That's exactly. I I guess from a, a layman's uh, standpoint, it, it you know it, a lot of the riders go to the stick, uh, you know, uh, as a, not as a weapon but as a real encourager. And and yours is more just kind of a uh, Pat. Pat wouldn't uh, you know overuse. He would actually you know just kind of keep their mind on business. But when I see that that left hand stick and your head down just a little little gently. A little gently uh, cracking inward, and, and it always and I can always pick up John McKee in the race, and uh, and I've been seeing that for many of years, and you know which leads me to my next question for years: Where do you see yourself in the next five to maybe ten years? Well, um, I've kind of made Kentucky, uh, the Midwest, my home, and um, you know I, I, I like to, I like to see myself staying on that circuit. Uh, I like the people, I like the trainers. Uh, there's good horses that come across here, so I assume I, I like to see myself staying here in Kentucky. You think Derby Fever is going to catch hold of you? Well, I mean, like I said, God's got a plan for every one of us, so hopefully if that's uh, the case, that's the case. Um, but if not, I just keep my head to the grindstone and keep doing what I do. <laughs> and, and, in fact, you do that, that day in and day out. You know, I've been working in the industry for a number of years, and, you know, a, a question, are we doing enough for the safety of riders? I, I believe so. Um, like I said, um, they they changed the the whips to some more of a, a patent kind of soft uh, leather type deal, and then they, they changed the uh, the vest. Um, so I, I I think they're yeah I definitely don't think they're lacking in that area for by no means. Now, Keeneland, now correct me if I'm wrong, was one of the first tracks in Kentucky that went to the safety whips. Yeah, I believe you're right about that. And uh, I remember a few of them tell me it was almost a few of them liked it, and a few of them said it was like a, like a little fly swatter. Yeah, um, I, I think as the older whips, I think you got more, uh, you got more, you know, you got more power out of it. Um, 
like you said, the, the whips that we use now, they're, they're kind of a basic <laughs> attention getter. <laughs> um, well, good, good riders, they use their hands and their head and, and their heart, and they get the most out of their mouths. And I, and I see you dig down like Pat Day quite a bit. John, I'll wrap it up with a final question. If you could impart some wisdom to an apprentice and or a new rider, what would you pass along? I, I would pass along um, just, just work hard in the mornings uh, to stay humbled and have a positive attitude and um, be patient. Um, I think with patience, time will come. Ah, Pat Dave would be very proud of you, me boy. He would be very proud of you. John, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for taking time to be with us, and we wish you and yours the best on and off the track. Good luck tonight, John, and uh, hope yes, I didn't sir, keep Ed. you too long. And thanks so much as we're going to check with you down the line, if that's okay with you. Anytime. Thanks a lot, John. Best of luck. Thank you. All right, that's from Mr. John McKee, true gentleman in the saddle on and off the track. Joining us now, she's on hold, and this young lady is a gem of the racetrack. Glad to see her back and ready. Miss Greta Kunzweiler is joining us. Greta, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. It's great to hear your voice. I know that time is of the essence, just like John McKee. As I said, this is the first time we've actually had riders that are riding on the card for this evening, and you're at Turfway Park. Uh-huh. How have you done yeah, so far this evening? right now. <laughs> I just had one mount, and, uh, you know, she made it around there. That was a good thing. <laughs> I had another, well, and she scratched. So um, I'm looking forward to this. I ride the eighth race, this next race coming up. So. All righty. Then we're going to be brief and jump right into it. You've got wealth to me in the Tejana run this weekend, $50,000 up for grabs at Turfway Park. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think of your, your mount uh, for this weekend? Well, he is doing so awesome. He's been working really good, and uh, he's really uh, coming into his own, so I'm, and he ran a huge race his last one, so uh, you know I'm really expecting him to run big. Well, we're hoping so. John actually uh, felt uh, very, uh, very positive about his uh, his mountain max, the Silverhammer. And as mm -hmm. far as time, if I'm running running right on it, please let me know because you've got work to tend to. Okay. Oh no, you're fine. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, I'm going to jump right into uh, your family moved to Montana when, when you were very young. Is this where your love for horses began? No. I I mean, as early as I can remember, I've been horse crazy. I used to run around <laughs> on my hands and knees when I was like, you know, three, four years old. I, you know, I was just, I was born with it, I think. Really? When, when is the youngest that you can remember being on horseback? Um... Probably some state fair when I was like five or six to get on one of those ponies that just go around in a little circle. That's probably the first mount I remember. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and look how far I've come. I get on yes. big ponies that go around in bigger circles. <laughs> in bigger circles, and you're still going around circles. But now That's you're right. doing it very well and making money at it, and we're very proud of you. Now, if, if there's ever a date that I have wrong, you have to correct me, okay? Okay. In, in 96, you left home and headed out to an Indiana riding school, per se, that you mm -hmm. read about in Horse Illustrated. Where did this take you? Um, it was a little town outside of Seymour, Indiana. Uh, Comiskey, I think, was the town. It had, like, a post office and a cafe. It wasn't much to it. <laughs> but, you know, I drove, I drove all the way from Montana and... When I got there, the, you know, the lady that was supposed to be there, well, she had moved, and she had, you know, neglected to tell me that. Um, luckily, the guy that was there sort of directed me to where she was, and I got hooked up with her, and um, 
really just sort of got a license to be at Churchill, and I started walking hots, and and that's sort of how I got started. I met Julio Espinoza. He was galloping for a uh-huh. Steve Morgulin at the time that I was working for, and uh, he got me hooked up galloping at a farm outside of Louisville. What a rider Julio was in his time. Uh, Julio Espinosa, get down Julio. I mean, he could really horseback. Yeah, so he's in, awesome. in, in, in 99 was your first mount, if I have that correct, 108 wins in 2000. Riding title at Turfway Park 02, free for Internet, victory in the Hawthorne Gold Cup in 04. Rugula, you wrote you had a ride of Rugula in the Kentucky Oaks in 05. Uh, you rode in Texas at Lone Star in the Breeders' Cup. This was a tough time for you personally, even with, with, with a resume that was starting to build and starting yeah. to really make up some strides. And then a downward spiral faced you yeah. personally. Can you tell our listeners a bit about that? Um, yeah, I think, you know, at the, at the uh, Breeders' Cup there, my, my parents had both come down and they told me after the race that they were getting divorced. And, you know, after 35 years of marriage... And it just kind of, it really shook me. And I was also starting to struggle. I was riding, riding in Chicago, and I'd moved up with an agent from Kentucky. And it was just, this, uh, you know, a struggle for me. And I was, I was working really hard in the morning, and I just felt like it wasn't, you know, panning out for me up there. So um, I, I was just getting real sour about riding, and, and, you know, I had some personal stuff going on. So I'd quit riding, and I was just working on the backside galloping, and that's... Um, you know, what I've learned about myself is that I, I look outside myself to change what's going on inside. And it's a pattern that I've had, you know, I'll use, I was telling somebody, I think my first, you know, experience with that was sugar, you know, it changes the way I felt. So sort of my pattern and it led to, you know, a a pretty serious drug addiction that I've, that I have come back from. (laughs) And, you know, to be able to bravely say that, you don't know how much of a, an inspiration that you are to people that are actually listening in. You, you've battled back a demon, and, mm-hmm. and, you, and you've come out on the other side. And with a reinstatement, and business is growing again, yet it is mm-hmm. slow and or as fast. That's, uh, that's up to the horses that you ride for sure. But, you know, yeah. you have a second chance of doing what you love. Uh, do, you, do you see yourself three to five and maybe even longer down the ride, uh, road uh, riding? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm so grateful to be, you know, back doing what I love that it's just, you know, it's something if you don't know what you have, you don't know what you have until you've lost it kind of thing, you know. So so this time around has been, you know, I'm grateful for, you know, just the little things, being able to do what I love and, and you know, um, yeah, I'm going to ride it as long as I can for sure. When you were out of racing, did you did you think the door had shut and would never reopen? Yeah, I mean, I got pretty desperate. Um, I didn't, I really, I didn't see a future for myself, you know, let alone, uh, you know, being able to ride races again. So it was pretty, um, I was pretty sad, you know, like, I guess, you know, the way addiction works, you just get sucked down into it and things that you, you know, when I look back, I can't believe, you know, that I was okay with, with how I was living my life. But, um, uh, you know, that's just how it works, I guess. 
but you know. Greta, I, I have to say once again, it's an inspiration. The the paper, you've been quite a media darling in in the state of Kentucky and beyond, uh, and and people are trumpeting and heralding your, your return to writing. I mean, I expected to see you on the uh, on the national scene here. I, I'm actually betting dollars to donuts that we're going to see. Uh, See that gal back in the uh, back in the winter circle on the big time circuits. Uh, I, I have nothing but the the utmost faith and confidence in you. And uh, you know, I remember you you wrote caressing, and we've mm-hmm. got free for internet. I mean, you you've ridden some really nice horses in your career. Well, you know, I've I've enjoyed a lot of support from you know some really good people, and and coming back, I I feel you know people have been just amazing to me, and um, everyone's you know, been nice and encouraging and, you know, let me back in the door. So I just got to keep on, I just got to keep the positive attitude. I heard the tail bit of what uh, John McKee was saying, and it's such, it's such great advice is that you have to, you know, keep your attitude positive and you can get sucked down with the ups and downs of this business. I saw a picture of you, you were on horseback and you had the smile. It wasn't going into the winter circle. It was actually coming out of the paddock, and it doesn't matter if it's first or last or, or where, the, where the horse actually ran. You looked so at peace, and you looked just where you needed to be and to whatever's in your past, I, I think, that you've put behind you. And, and today is a new day, and uh, you, just, you really just look sprite and just, just ready. <laughs> Thank you. It's, I do feel really fresh. You know, I feel like... I mean, it's really the best of both worlds because when I'm out there riding, I feel like I've never left, but I'm not, you know, I'm not ground down by the, you know, the in and out, the day in and out of this business. So, uh, yeah, I feel, I feel amazing and I'm, I'm so grateful to, to be given another chance and just trying to make the most of it. And I think that you are. I, I read now uh, that you're, you're fitter than you ever were and, and your training regimen may be a little different now. Yeah, yeah. Before I never, um, you know, I wasn't, it was more racing too. We used to ride five days a week, but um, I I didn't do any sort of outside, you know, fitness other than getting on horses. And um, while I was off, I I got into boxing um, and and running and and I've kept that up. And, you know, it makes a world of difference in in my upper body strength and and my cardio is really good. So I I feel really good on a horse today. I had the uh, the opportunity to chat with your agent this week. I, I think that that's an important tandem when you have a rider who's ready and hungry and wants to make a mark in the game in an agent who really appreciates their talent. Yeah, Steve has been, he's just a great guy and people like him. He's not sneaky or, you know, he's really up front. And when we give calls, we honor him. And, yeah, I, you know, I I just appreciate that in him. And he's been, you know, he's a great guy. He spoke nothing but volumes of just uh, greatness about you. Greta, I'll, I'll wrap it up with uh, just one final note. And, uh, and, and I just want to tell you what an inspiration you are to so many with reading the piece in the paper, Daily Racing mm-hmm. Form with Marty McGee. There are yeah. so many people behind you. I think uh, your, your family in racing has a short memory, and it's it's. It's just a, a byline of, uh, as in every professional athlete or, or just people that you meet on the street that uh, they, they've had a downward spiral, but, but you've actually picked yourself up by the bootstraps and you're making the best of it. 
it's it's been an honor to speak with you and and the courage that you have in your voice to to stay uh, aboard uh, in in the horse racing is inspiration. We wish you the best on and off the track. So get back out there, get to work, young lady. Your next right, mountain is waiting. Thank you so much, Ed. I really appreciate it. It's been our pleasure. Thanks a lot, Greta. That's been right. Greta Kunzweiler. We've had Johnny McKee, Greta Kunzweiler, riders at Turfway Park. They got uh, mounts, as you well heard, at Turfway Park. The Tejano run, $50,000 up for grabs this weekend. You could hear the emotion in her voice. It's, it's tough to talk about sometimes, but I have to tell you, she has been really receiving a lot of positive press, the daily racing form. There's many newspapers in Kentucky that are really behind Greta, and I have to tell you, I remember when she started riding, and she's got my full support as well. Well, it is time to head into a break, and when we return, we're going to do a little bit of final furlong handicapping and maybe a little bit of news here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouye and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time each and every week to be with us, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we talk about the Sport of Kings. Finish up two riders lickety-quick because 
they are riding this evening. And we had John McKee on, one of the gentleman riders uh, in the saddle, really nice guy. And uh, actually, he looks like Pat Day in the saddle. He was uh, being a little modest, but uh, watch Johnny McKee. He's, uh, he's always one, uh, one that you have to take for real. And when he talked about Max's Silverhammer, that might be one you want to take a look at because he, he really doesn't, uh, he holds his cards close to the vest. I was kind of surprised on that. And then Greta, I, I could hear that, you know, there's a lump in her throat there. And it has to be hard, but she has just been a media darling of the Kentucky newspapers and beyond. And the best part about it is she's put the demons behind her. And uh, for what she saw, the, the door was closed, is now open again, and she's doing very well. So uh, if you get a chance, watch Turfway Signal, and you'll see the both of them ply their trade. Speaking about what's happening here, how about Kentucky Derby? greatest stakes earning as of March 14th. Now, that was a couple days ago. Nothing has happened here. But we're going to go with Uncle Mo has a million two hundred sixty thousand dollars for Todd Pletcher, who hopefully maybe we can get on in April. Love to talk to Todd. If, he, if he'd be so uh, warm and inviting, we'd uh, love to hear what he's got to say. Second is Gourmet Dinner, $780,000. Steve Standridge is the conditioner. J.P.'s Gusto, $540,000 for Joe Petalino. Sold out rounds out the four spot with $510,000 for Kier McLaughlin. Comma to the top, $471,000, Peter Miller. Rogue Romance has $288,000, Kenny McPeak. Seven Horses, Mucho Macho Man, $270,000 with Kathy Ritvo. Stay Thirsty, $260,000, Todd Pletcher, the Todd Squad on Fire. Now Tide, Jay Cito, $250,000 for Bob Baffert. Tied to honor and serve, $250,000, Bill Mott. Santiva, $240,254, Eddie Keneally. Dialed in, has $240,000, even Nick Zito. Then in the 13th spot, $228,000, Quan Cho. New on the arriving scene there, very nice indeed. Then we have Decisive Moment in the 14th spot with $206,000 for Juan Arias. 15 gives us Anthony's Cross, $162,000 for Owen Hardy. Brethren, $155,000. Todd Pletcher again. Arch, Arch, Arch is 17 with $150,000. Jenks Fires is the conditioner. Riveting Reason, $147,500. Wilcox in is 19, $139,000 for Mike Stidham. The 20 spot, Silver Medallion, $124,334 with Steve Asmussen at a conditioner. 21, Sweet Ducky, $120,000 even. Astrology is 22 with $105,893, Steve Asmussen. Then we've got Flashpoint, The Factor, Sway Away, and Wilkinson, $90,000, $90,000, $60,000, $60,000. Surrey Star, $44,000. Master of Hounds, $41,000. And I'm telling you what. It can change in the blink of an eye. The reason I like to toss it out there is because they're going to be coming up in our prep races here. So this might be your opportunity to actually be knowing how much graded earnings they have because that's what's based on the derby of who actually gets in and gets out. It's just not a wishing list. You have to have some graded earnings under your belt. And another guy that I love to read in the Blood Horse, and that'd be Steve Haskins. And, and he's got his Derby Dozen. And uh, his Derby Dozen, it, it, it hasn't changed much. Uncle Mo in the top spot, dialed in, sold at, 
Premier Pegasus. Incredible run last week in the San Felipe. Set a perfect stay thirsty for Todd Pletcher, uh, uh, son of Bernardini. Uh, uh, you know, really kind of caught my mucho macho man with Kathy Ritvo is the trainer, uh, keeping sharp uh, for the Louisiana Derby with a real nice breeze. Jay Cito now in the now in the barn of Bob Baffert, uh, once upon a time, I believe, for Mike Mitchell when uh, ran in the Breeders' Cup. Then we get the eighth spot to honor and serve Billy Mott. Santiva, Eddie Camneli. I like Santiva. Embreezed an easy five furlongs at 102 flat. Gourmet dinner, Steve Standridge. And his Sunday, he, he hadn't worked since the Fountain of Youth, and there's been talk of him running in the Santa Anita Derby. Gourmet dinner's got a, got a nice little... Uh, Nice little pot under his uh, under his <laughs> under his lid for Stu, and then there's Silver Medallion in the 11th spot with Steve Asmussen as the trainer. Astrology, and that rounds out the top 12. Steve Asmussen is the trainer of this son of AP Indy. I always like to check in week by week with Steve Haskin from the Blood Horse, and I would uh, I would say. This is the time that you need to be doing most of your reading, and and uh, if there's ever a time, just just not handicapping. You need to keep up on who's doing what. Uh, some things you want to look for are are earnings. You want to look for works and how they're progressing, and uh, you want to lead on, uh, you know, to how many how many preps they've actually had. Like, for instance, take to honor and serve. The last prep out, there was a lot of talk that to honor and serve last time really wasn't a necessary win, but just get the best out of it. To honor and serve might be doubly dangerous, and it's something you might want to keep in mind as you're coming about. Take a look at the earnings. Take a look how they're working. Take a look at the prep schedule. You can always grab it down uh, from the daily racing form of uh, the prep schedule, and there's a million other sites out there that actually let you know to plan ahead and to see this week is a, is a really nice, solid weekend, but next weekend as I said, it looks like every other weekend you're going to start seeing them heat up. And once Keeneland actually opens their doors in April, it's it's uh, it's all all bets are off. And at that point, uh, at that point, you'll see people putting in their final preps and works and where they're going to be stabled at. And uh, we're going to have some great guests on that month of April. You know, besides Dangerous Dan having a baby, there's another one that is confirmed in fall. That is Zen Yada. After much anticipation during the 15-day period following Zenyatta's mating to Bernadini, it is confirmed the 2011 Horse of the Year is in full. Bred February 23rd to Bernadini, who stands at Darley near Lexington. According to the Zenyatta website, the seven-year-old mare was scanned early the morning of March 10th, after which her pregnancy was confirmed. Can you believe this? I mean, there's already talks of Curlin in the works and we've got Bernardini who was a monster. Zenyatta, I mean, what do we have brewing here? I mean, you know, people always uh, slam a little bit of of the bloodline end of things of, you know, we're breeding horses down, but I think we, if if all holds true and we don't have uh, the green monkey again uh, who turned out to be a flopster I think we've got some real monsters in the brew. And talking about some real monsters in the brew, let's, let's jump out and let's do some handicapping here. And uh, actually, I'm going to start at Santa Anita. And uh, this, this weekend, we're going we're gonna to begin with race number five at Santa Anita. 
I, I'm starting to fall in love with it. I, I have to. I have to say, I, I went through a period of time where you know the, the whole poly debacle. Now we're back to good old Mother Nature dirt. I'm starting to pay attention to Santa Anita now, and I'm wanting to see who ships out in a way, and I'm also wanting to see how they're finally prepping up there. But I'm going to go to race number five at Santa Anita, uh, 2:34 post time, uh, in you know for this race. It's six and a half on the turf, the downhill turf course. The Irish O'Brien for state breads there it's a hundred thousand dollars up for grabs that, that's some fine cash there in this race here i like the one west ruler mike smith for john sadler sadler winning 24 percent of the time one for one at santa anita one start one win and you know the thing i really liked on the turf one for one as well this is second time off of a layoff if you take a look at the last race where this four-year-old filly by tribal rule won impressively by three commanding links, but that was March 3rd in 11. The last start prior to that was December 27th of 09. Now this girl was put on the shelf for quite a while and came back in impressive fashion in an optional claiming 25 and is now up for a state-bred $100,000. I, I, I think she's right where she needs to be. Mike Smith on the rail. John Sadler, who does incredibly well with layoff runners. In the second off over 180 days, he wins 24% of the time. So in the Irish O'Brien, the fifth is Santa Anita this Saturday. I like the one, West Ruler. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that Mike Smith doesn't hurt my odds. And, and I only mean that in the kindest of ways because – Every time he's in town, you know, what would be 7 or 8 to 1 can now be 5 to 1 or 4 to 1 or even less. And then we go to the 7th race of Santa Anita, a mile and an eighth on the turf, the Santa Ana Grade 2 event in here. And once again, I go right to the rail with the one Malibu Pier. And they're slated to go off at 336. Rafael Bejarano for Carla Gaines. And, and I, well, a beaten favorite last time out, this four-year-old filly by Malibu Moon really looks good to me. And uh, the Santa Ana, I think, fits her well. I like the beaten favorite angle. I see Carla Gaines coming back very nicely. And she wins 22% of the time on this move. Three for four in the money on the turf. And Bejarano is a turf master himself. So that's where I go right from there. And that's Santa Anita. And then Onward to Oaklawn Park as we're coming east. Race number nine at Oaklawn Park is the Grade Three Azari Stakes, a mile and a sixteenth on the Oaklawn surface. There are one hundred fifty thousand dollars up for grabs, and in this race, you know, I, I, I've heard so many people mention it. Uh, Harvard of Grace. Now, there was a track by the same exact name. I called it Harvard de Graal, which many people historically did, but I'm just going to follow along with it, and it's going to call it Harvard de Grace because that's what I've heard for so long. Ramon Dominguez, who didn't do well last weekend, he's, he's a great ship-in rider. Actually, he's had two starts and two seconds, so he knows his way around the oval. For Larry Jones, who's went into 22%. I like Harvard Grace and uh, Dominguez shipping in town always has my uh, has my eyes and ears open there. Been shooting a lot of bullets in the morning and just to me really looks uh, really looks safe uh, as a very solid bet. That's race number nine at Oakland. Harvard Grace in the Azari Stakes. Race ten is the Grade Two Rebel. There are some monsters in here. This is a monster like J.P. Gusto, Arch Arch Arch, the Factor in here. And you know you could name you you could uh, name three or four that could actually win this $300,000 grade two event uh, slated to go off at 531 Central Time at Oaklawn Park. And, and I go to the nine horse in here, and, and it was Sway Away. Sway Away actually has my 
I, I told you last week not to not to close your mind for a derby runner, but right now I'm starting to focus in on Sway Away. If you have the ability to go back and take a look at the replay, the San Vicente, Garrett Gomez is coming in town for Jeff Bond and been working very nice. There was a great seven furlong workout at Santa Anita, 123-3. and three. I think Sway Away just really looks good. One, uh, one his maiden, uh, grade two, uh, the best pal ran second over the poly. There was a little time off from August to February. February, came back in impressive fashion, was picking him up and laying him down late. I love Sway Away in the Rebel. Gomez in town, and Bond is a 17% trainer on the year, and these guys team up to win 60% of the time, and that was in 2010. 2011, numbers are just still a little bit weak. It's only March, and you know you really can't put your finger on that, but for 60% in 2010, that's really enough to kind of get you a, kind of a nice grasp on that. And then I go to Turfway Park, race number nine. The mile and an eight to Hana run. It's $50,000 up for grass. You heard our two guests talking about their horses. John McKee is riding Maxa Silverhammer. Maxa Silverhammer looks really nice. Greta talked about her runner as well. You know what, guys, you're safe because I'm saying it's all about the two Dean's kitten. Victor LeBron in town, who's winning 23% of Turfway Park for Mike Maker and the Ramses, and these guys are just incredible. Maker won the Fall Me title. He's winning 32% of Turfway Park. These guys this year alone are 32% as a tandem. Last race out was just an optional claiming 80 at uh, on the turf at Gulfstream Park. Ships back up, enjoys the poly track. Uh, you know, on the synthetic, there's been two starts, a win and a third. I see Dean's Kitten just tearing them apart this uh, this week. And this is a four-year-old colt by Kitten's Joy. You'd probably say that there would be more turf breeding on that side. But, you know, the Ramseys do so well in Kentucky, and especially at Turfway Park. You'll see Ken Ramsey leading in Dean's Kitten this weekend in the Tejano run. And you know what? Nothing against Johnny McKee and Greta. I think that they're going to have to battle it out. Victor LeBron just might have a little more horse underneath him. Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing, and this week is no different. Winning Ponies would like to thank John McKee and Ms. Greta Kunzweiler and you for tuning in to hear us. So until next week, we're going to be speaking with Turfway President Bob Elliston about the Grade 3 Vinery Racing Spiral Stakes and some other guests as well. going to leave that one to be a secret. May your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.